0: And that leap in consciousness involves us accepting the boundlessness of our true nature and that's tough for materialistic science-based logical left brain strategic creatures right which is what we've become the first place to go is open your mind to the possibility that anything is possible
1: Hello, beautiful, miraculous human beings. Welcome back to the Know Thyself Podcast. Today, we have a very special episode. I'm excited for this conversation. He is somebody that I've heard of a lot through proximity, through blue, and the modality and technology that we're going to dive into today can be really transformative for one on their spiritual path. Uh, Today, we are interviewing the one and only Richard Rudd, the founder of the Gene Keys. The Gene Keys is essentially... A big book, (laughs) but I don't want to do it too much disservice. It's a spiritual encyclopedia, really. It is a transmission, a channel from the man Richard Rudd, who many years ago had this awakening and went on this journey of channeling this, this text that is essentially meant to help you discover your higher purpose in life and give context to this human experience And so we are going to dive right in. Richard Rudd is somebody that in his early 20s was actually on the path of becoming a wine merchant, I believe, and living a very ordinary life. And one day he went to bed and woke up in a completely altered state of consciousness. And for the next three days and three nights, he stayed awake. And he was in this very lucid state where a lot of information, light, uh, came through him, and he then went on this journey that we're about to go on today. So, Richard, thank you for coming on. I am extremely excited for this conversation, to say the least. And I would actually like to start there because I am somebody that's very interested in the mystical side of things and the mystical dimension of life. And whenever I hear of these Satoris, these experiences where you wake up and it's not like you can predict these things, it's not like you can, with your logical mind, even understand what is happening to then for three nights, stay up. I would just love for you to share a little bit about that experience and we could start there.
0: Great. Well, oh, thank you. And, um, it's, it's funny hearing it from someone else like that actually. And, um, it, it reminds me of, yeah, I, I guess what was weird about it, um, or perhaps unique about it is the fact that I woke up from just being asleep, you know, and, mm. uh, and and as I woke up, I woke up into this other state, and um, not the usual state as I knew it. And so that that was quite a thing, you know, waking into awakening. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I as you said, I I went through a, a kind of a process that lasted for three days, three nights, and um and I didn't sleep. There was no sleep. And um and it and in that time, something happened inside me, um, a memory, an opening, um, a cellular certainty, you know, poured through me Mm. of this is what I, this is what I am. This is what we all are. This, this divine wisdom, this, you know, infinite, eternal knowledge. And um, so, yeah, I was given a a kind of transmission in a way. And uh, it wasn't until much later that I, really kind of understood it and unpacked it and I'm still unpacking it. In fact, it was three days and three nights, but then I'm spent the rest of my life unpacking it Mm -hmm. and, um, and amalgamating lots of different knowledge streams um, while I was doing it. So yeah, it didn't really, it it, it didn't end in that sense. It's still going on for me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But it was a, it was an extraordinary experience. It was a, an experience, um, unforgettable, but also, um, as you said, very lucid. Um, and the walls of my mind just fell away, I guess. Mm. And yeah. So could you
1: speak to a little bit more of the like tangible experience you were going through for the three days? So you were obviously very awake and it felt very luminous, I'm assuming. And were you journaling a lot Were like information coming down or was it not yet like decoded by your brain?
0: well it was strange actually because i went on a journey you know so um i woke up and and my aura my i was my body of light was just vast it was just pouring through me and there was a feeling of no more resistance you know not a single not a single fear not a single shred of resistance left in me and and just pure light just pu- you know this is what it feels like mm without any resistance in, in one's being in one's body. So it was a grace in that way. And of course I didn't know then whether that was it, you know, that was like, is, is this it forever now? You know, yeah. um, obviously <laughs> like I, wished it, I wished it were. Um, but I went on a journey. There was, was very clear, not a voice, but an inner voice, I guess, a guidance system that was just, you know, very clearly switched on and knew exactly where I was going. And so I went on a journey. I was in in Southern England and um, in the UK, and I went on this journey following this intuitive voice. Mm. It wasn't a spoken voice. It was a knowing. Mm. Um, And in those three days, um, all kinds of things happened. But everything that happened taught me at an archetypal level, some mystery of the universe. You know, so for instance, I ended up at a wedding. And at that wedding, I kind of understood about the union the sacred union of yin and yang and the opposites and all that whole teaching of matrimony and yeah. and you know at, at every at inconceivable levels you know yeah. of of wisdom mm. that truth and everything that happened to me um and a lot of mysterious things happened and I met a lot of very unusual people in that state who you know I interacted with um they all taught me something um Incredibly valuable. There was, at one point, there was the distinct feeling that I was walking in someone else's footprints, mm. and um, and at one point that it, it was like I'm walking in the footprints of Christ. Mm. That was a feeling I had. Like th- this being was, you know, this Christ being. I don't know if it was Jesus or anything. But I, I I couldn't. I can't sort of get to the detail of that. But there was a Christ. There were Christ footprints, and I and my feet landed in them. Hmm. And it wasn't that wasn't just on the earth; that was at every level in, the, in at every dimension. This experience was kind of returning to me, and it didn't mean that I thought I was Christ or anything like that. It just meant that the Christ impulse, you yeah. know. Um, and so that was a really beautiful thing that I remembered and recognized, and that that felt like a really comforting aspect of the open-hearted nature of being. Um, but, yeah, it was a, it was a d- deeply mystical experience. And um, I kind of – I've had many reveries about it since and some of the things that happened. And I, I think it, it would make a great fairy tale, actually, <laughs> um, because there were so many th- secret things that I kind of saw and heard and about our past, our ancestry, um, the people who lived here before us, the people who would live here after us. Yeah. And um, I sort of hold all that, but I, I haven't shared all that necessarily. Mm-hmm. I've shared, you know, the, the archetypal information, right. That was, that's, that feels appropriate, not yeah. the specific. Cause the specific might also be more subjective. It might be my interpretation of something. So I, I, it might not be correct or, and there's a feeling of that. There are things to be shared and things that were just shown to me for me. Um, and, that some of them are private,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that with those with eyes to see and, yeah. and ears to hear that story, mm-hmm. I think will really resonate and be very powerful for a lot of people. And for the rest, for the masses, I think that the archetypal system that is here within the Gene Keys is mm-hmm. so inherently valuable that it's more than enough, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I actually haven't been as somebody as deep of a student as Blue, who I've spent so much time with, and like I said, by proximity. You know you the interviews that she's done with you and the systems that she's done and dabbling in my own profile Hol- hologenetic profile which we'll get into what that is uh, it's uh yeah it's truly remarkable so I would love to dive into a little bit more about what the gene keys actually are what is it made of what, what is it comprised of what are the systems and the technologies from history that have kind of backed it to come come to be and then we can go from there mm.
0: well it's it's a difficult thing to 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 explain you know yeah. but um the Tibetans have a really nice term term which they call terma um and terma means treasure and um it's a it's a, trans, a living transmission so terma in their world are like sacred wisdom teachings that wait for specific times in history mm. and then when the time comes those tr- teachings are revealed through specific teachers you know, who, yep. who find them or come across them in different ways. And that there's a sort of, so that I'm not likening my experience to the Tibetan thing, but, um, there is a, it's a, it's a value. It's a, it's a valuable understanding because for me, the gene keys is like a terma in the sense that it's a, it's a living wisdom. And, um, it, as I said at the beginning, you, you, I'm um, you can go on unpacking it and it just, you, you could never exhaust it. It just goes on and on and on. It's a box of, gems that just never runs out. And sometimes I'm sitting there in the morning, in my my kind of morning contemplations and I see a gem or I, I put my hand in the box and I pull it up and I just go, Oh my God, that's just such an awesome piece of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then sometimes I just let them go. I just go, well, you know, <laughs> they just fly past. And I know there's an inexhaustible amount of them. And I know that anyone can mine them. Yeah. Um, and so I, I mind the ones that I, I feel like I'm equipped to and that, I've, you know, that just come through me. And so it's important to say that in the beginning, that it's, it's not a thing, it's not a book, it's not a system, it's not even a set of tools. It is a living intelligence, yeah. a transmission of wisdom. And right. wisdom is, is alive. It's different from knowledge. Right. So that's an important distinction. Knowledge is something that you can get from a book because you put it into yourself. Wisdom is something you can't get from a book because it's already in yourself and it has to be catalyzed. It might be catalyzed by knowledge, but it's something more mysterious. It's something more feminine. And so everything about the Gene Keys and my book and everything is all designed to unlock the wisdom that already lies inside us. So in Hmm. that sense, it's a bit of a trick. (laughs) <laughs> you know so people often come to it because they think it's knowledge yeah and they think they're hungry because we're all hungry for knowledge i want to know more about myself I right want to know why i'm here all those things and in fact that the, all the tools and things do is they help you f- trigger what's already in there yeah um so that's a kind of subtle truth about yeah. it
1: that's awesome it's almost yeah. like a the Trojan Horus for spiritual transformation, in a sense.
0: Exactly, it is. And I'm very honest about it. It doesn't seem to put people off. Right, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so in, in a sense, yeah, you've got the book in your hands. And um, that was sort of where it began for me. I, you know, I thought, yeah, I, I, so I, you know, I, I used as the basis of the book, um, the I Ching, Chinese I Ching with its 64 hexagrams. Um, that I knew a little about. Of, and I'm sure many people listening to this know a lot more than than I do about it. Um, but what I did is, I I kind of put aside all books and things, and I went into the raw wisdom inside my body. And then I looked at each one of those hexagrams, um, and I just I saw this code of life appearing out of it. And I and I saw the need for a new a new language structure. Mm-hmm. And out of that, uh, basically came for each one of those 64 hexagrams or archetypes or codes came three words, um, three layers. So a, a shadow, a word for the, a, the low frequency manifestation. So a, a kind of victim state. Mm-hmm. And then a gift, um, which was more like a creative impulse that was hidden in the shadow. Mm. And then a, what I called a Siddhi, siddhi um, which is a Sanskrit word meaning um, divine gift or divine enlightened expression. So you have these three levels, and, and one is hidden inside the other layer. Um, so a bit like the seed, and then the and then the flower, and then the fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that gave me that language, it took me some time, really contemplating, to get those three words right. And mm-hmm. and then I called those sixty four times three words the, a spectrum of consciousness. And so with those words, I had a map, mm-hmm. a linguistic map. Of the kind of architecture of humanity, you know, through the I Ching, and and then out of those those words, I wrote the book. I thought I'm going to explain what I mean by those words, and I wrote 64 chapters, and and then I rewrote it, and then I rewrote it again, and then I taught it, and then I rewrote it again, and I edited it, and to, in, in seven years, I had it to polish to what I what it is now, I think, and it became a big book, um, and that was sort of where it started. Um, Yeah. Maybe I'll pause there.
1: Amazing. Yeah. And in the book, you describe it as almost like a universal language of the 64 different archetypes available within us. And these are things that these are, these archetypes run within all of us to varying degrees, depending upon our karmic journey, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Now, there is an important distinction, right? Because I personally love having a skeptical mind when it comes to a lot of spiritual ideas and people with, it, um, you know, different philosophies. This feels very much like a living transmission to me, and it is important to acknowledge, I guess, the roots of the I Ching and astrology and some psychology and some some background that you have within, kind of all wrapping into the understanding of you writing the book. Correct. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, mythology, um, indigenous wisdom, mm-hmm. um, all, you know, all, uh, lots of elements of philosophy, Yeah, my classical education, uh, right. um, and my mystical education, yeah. you know, that all kind of came together in the mm-hmm. book. And my love of poetry, actually, as well. I'm, a,
1: I'm That's a very present. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that.
0: You know, there was, for me, the, the the kind of specific kind of nature of using words in a graceful way is really important. Yeah so that they carry the energy of a transmission. Yeah. But when I finished the book and I was suddenly I'm like, I'm done, mm-hmm. you know, i like that last, Which, by the way, how
1: long was that process? Well, from- I think
0: it was about seven years in Got total, it. Okay. You know? And I was like, I'm done, Yeah. you know? And there was this feeling of, Oh, thank God for that. You know? <laughs> and then I, I, I looked, you know, I sort of, I had the book in my hands a, a publisher came and, and um, took the risk on it and, Um, And I had the book in my hands and I was just looking at it. Well, I remember looking at it one day and just going, that is one piece of work, that book. (laughs) I felt, didn't really feel like I'd written it, but then it was, it's not really a chat. I wouldn't call it a channeled work. Mm. It was because there is something of me in it. The poetry is me. For sure. Um, And, and yet the wisdom is universal. Right. So I just, I, I gave it a poetic twist, I think. Amazing. And, and I also, in as a poet, I love paradoxes. Yeah. And there's lots of paradoxes and contradictions in the book as well. Right. If you read it as a whole, it's, it's like it doesn't, it's, it's not a fixed set of parameters. Yeah. Um, Just like life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's certainly not meant to be a dogma and it's, and it's, it's to be taken lightly and to be used for inspirational purposes. Yeah. 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 And that's
1: what I love because there is the, you know, the halogenetic profile aspect of it where you can put in your time, uh, time of birth and location and kind of give you, um, Hints into your own profile in in your genetic coding and archetypal settings. Um, But also, like, you do not need any belief system to open this book and realize the immense amount of wisdom that is in there, irrespective of any belief system. You don't need to believe anything to get a lot of value from this text. So, that's personally what I love about it so much is that you don't need to believe anything. No, you don't.
0: And it's, you know, what it gives you is a framework for transformation. And even as you read every, you know, and that, what I also did is, when I, after I'd finished it, I also recorded 64 audios, um, not the same as the book, um, that I because I decided to do it again as an audio as an oral transmission. Yeah, and so I took each one and I contemplated it. They, that they they became known as the Gene Keys, 64 Gene Keys, um, because they kind of that was my experience from the three days of the mystical experience is that the wisdom was encoded in my DNA. It was encoded in every part of my being and that the code didn't just stop at the end of my body either. It went on through space and time and it was everywhere imprinted in a fractal universal way. Yeah. So, and I realized what I'd done is I just codified it for humans. You know? um, and so we had a transformational language and then, Yeah. What it shows is uh, if you look at different keys and you open the book and you read them or you contemplate them, um, you have the same story in each key, but a slightly different variation of a life process. So, you know, you might take, I mean, you might ask me about one in a minute, but the one I always seem to use is the the gene key at six, which is conflict. You know, conflict is a universal theme. So that's the shadow of conflict and they're all universal themes. And some of the words are hard to kind of apply to yourself because they're too big like conflict yeah um conflict is everywhere um at at every level of uh, society um but then what's hidden in conflict the gift of diplomacy you know so that's what conflict's purpose is is to teach us the art of diplomacy Mm. You know, and, and, and we get it wrong a lot until we get it right. Right. But then we, became, we realize that diplomacy is not a fixed set of skills. It's actually an intuitive human kind of, um, impulse of, that comes from love. It comes from kindness. It comes from listening. It comes from a whole set of, you know, of, of inherent skills that are in every human being. Mm. So we start to learn that gift, and then it changes our relationships because we start to learn how to when to yield, when to hold your ground, what's yours, what isn't yours, all those skills that are part of learning the art of diplomacy or the gift. And then eventually that becomes so inherent in us as a gift, as a set of skills or as a wisdom that we're living, that it flowers as its city, which is peace. So you have conflict, diplomacy, peace. And peace is when you no longer have to think about it anymore. Mm. Peace is not peace. The, the cities are beyond the duality, you know, so peace doesn't even involve conflict to not be there. <laughs> it's, it, it's at peace with whatever it is because right. it, it's the realization that peace is underneath all things, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the nature of these cities, these divine essences. The, the, it's always an epiphany or a revelation it doesn't even require that the shadow is no longer there. Mm. It's, it's that generous. It's that yeah. open. It can contain the wound of humanity. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's a really beautiful set of insights. If you read even or, or kind of contemplate even yeah. one gene key. Right. But then when you start to look at more, you start to see the same pattern in every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So that right. can be very, very practical, actually.
1: Yeah. No, it feels very like, especially in Western traditions, it's very much so the achievement, hustle and achieve. Uh, if you want something, whether it be happiness or peace or anything, you have to go get it. And the the framework with Shadow, Gift, and City, the, what feels like a common golden thread throughout all of it is the city is always existing within us at every single moment. And so peace isn't something that we go out and achieve. It's already there in the stillness of the moment. And all you have to do is is get in tunement with it. Mm-hmm. So that's very, very liberating realization on one hand, because you don't have to go do something. You just have to get rid of what's in the way of yeah. of not experiencing it in this moment. And that goes for all 64.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's a as I said, it's a bit of a trick. You know, mm-hmm. so it shows you the duality, but then it invites you not to choose any part of the duality but mm. to just allow the duality to play out in your life. So even when you fail at being diplomatic miserably one day, you know, it actually it doesn't take away, it doesn't undermine the peace. Nothing undermines the peace. Mm. Whatever you do, whether you do something really good or something really evil, it cannot undermine the peace because the peace is underneath. Right. It's it's, it's the it's the perfection of everything so the the city realization is the realization that you, there's nothing to do yeah <laughs> but you, you that doesn't you can't use that on the way there mm. you can't say well oh, I'm not going to do anything then and that will help me get there because it won't right <laughs> it's, it, it's the it's the final harvest realization mm. so you can't fake it before you get there right <laughs> so yeah it's a bit of a paradox in that
1: yeah absolutely it's like if we wanted to destroy let's say we wanted to destroy this room and we started mm destroying all the chairs and whatnot and yeah. thinking that that's gonna achieve our goal. The, the realization is like, you can't destroy the space that is in the room itself. And it's like, it's what's always present. For example, stillness, for example, peace. A lot of these cities, you, there's nothing that you can do to get them or to get rid of them yeah. because they're always present. Like, yeah. like you just talked about, we just have to get in tune with it.
0: Yeah, there's nothing you can do and there's nothing you can not do. That's the idea. It's like, you can't even kind of go, oh, okay, if there's nothing I can do, I won't do anything in order to get it. <laughs> right. Because our mind is it. always only thinking, I can do this or not do it in order to get it. Right. <laughs> like, but that doesn't work either. Right. So at the end, it's just, you come up against the paradox and you just you have no choice but to surrender. Mm. And that's when the city blossoms, mm. when you've surrendered. And you start to laugh, actually. I mean, laughter is the only appropriate response to, you know. I mean, I laughed a lot in those three days. I was like, (laughs) the joke's on me. (laughs) Uh, I've been laughing ever since as well. Yes. (laughs) Beautiful. Amazing. So, yeah, I
1: would love to dive into. In the beginning of the text in the Gene Keys, there is this you kind of go into how there is this thing called junk DNA, essentially, where geneticists have found that over 90% of our DNA in our bodies have more or less no apparent function. And a beautiful way to look at it and see is that this genetic information still has memory, right? Memory of our past as humans, memory as us, as animals, as reptiles, as plant life, as bacterium. And for who knows how many lifetimes, if you want to believe in that, it's up to you. But it's uh, it's very interesting that to go higher, right, we have to go deeper into our shadows. And so I want to go now into the framework of the shadow, the gift, the city, a little bit of that. We've touched on it um, a little bit already, but starting with the shadow, Understanding that there is so much unconscious shadow material within us present each moment that we don't realize that we're carrying, that if we start to excavate and purge through our system, we get access to the cities. In the beginning of the book as well, you talk about how, you know, there are trillions and trillions of cells in our body, right? And they have two jobs, Mm. to listen and to respond. Mm and they're constantly listening and they're constantly responding Mm -hmm. to how we act, how we think, whatever we do. And so there's actually a quote that I would like to read from the book first. You can never be a victim of your DNA. Neither can you be a victim of fate. You can only be a victim of your attitude. Every thought that you think, every feeling you have, every word you utter and every action you take directly programs your genes and therefore your reality. So it is an amazing invitation into taking responsibility for our life and everything that we place in our environment, what we allow into our consciousness and what we do in every single moment, because we have the constant opportunity that life is to face off with our shadow or to let it continue to define us. So if you would like to talk a little bit about the the shadow and how the process of excavating can now, you know, lead us to the gift and then we can go from there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. it's great. I mean, um, you know, that's, it's a part of what you know science calls epigenetic programming, yeah. which is you know non interior but it's environmental programming. So so the environment programs our DNA as well as them being subprogrammed already. And so if you extend that a little bit to the quantum environment, um, then you realize that our thoughts. Are part of our environment. Our feelings are part of our environment. Everything we emanate, our intentions, our dreams, our wishes, all of that is part of the environment we're creating around ourselves and inside ourselves. So in a way, we are all constantly the architect of our of our life around us. It's that sort of new age kind of cliche of you create your own reality, you know. That some of those cliches are, are cliches because they're true. <laughs> um but <laughs> I they thought. but yeah I know, but then the nuances in them when you unpack them are just beautiful and endless and subtle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it sounds a bit trite, but actually when you unpack that, it's it really is every thought we have um, and every feeling we have and but but we don't have, that doesn't mean we have to change all those thoughts and feelings. It means we have to start to look at them and and honestly do a kind of review of what goes on inside us and take full responsibility for what's going on outside us as well. Not that we can kind of instantly change our lives or that maybe, you know, because we may, most of us want to change our lives, but that might be a flawed wish, you know, because it's the part of us that doesn't want to look at what's here now. Mm -hmm. So the beauty of what the Gene Keys offer us is the courage to look at what's here now, to start with the feelings of inadequacy or Discomfort, or the need to just want to distract yourself from how you feel, or it might be numbness, or it might be anger, or it might be lots of different shadow states, um, reaction, or you know, you look at look through the jinky shadows, you just see a whole you know long line of of kind of shadow behavioural patterns. Yeah. So, the way that I kind of invite people to start is through the art of what I call contemplation. Mm -hmm. So we begin to contemplate our shadows, you know, we begin. So, you know, Gene Keys offers you like through your profile, for example, if you want to use that route, it gives you the names of some shadows for you to look at and think about and go, well, these might be my primary shadows. I say might be because that not everyone wants to use that system. Um, Others might want to just use the book alone and use their intuition and go, well, I, this, this, or, or even just look at, a pattern that is manifesting today, you know, and find it reflected in one of the keys and then begin to, as you said, excavate what's in, what is that pattern? Yeah. So through the art of contemplation, there's three levels with working with the shadow and I call it allow, accept and embrace. And it's a really nice, simple framework for, for beginning any journey of the evolution of consciousness of transformation mm. allow accept embrace
1: by the way that sounds so much nicer and pleasant to the system than hustle achieve create do <laughs> yeah. to get it you know it's like yeah. no allow ac- yeah. receive accept yeah, yeah.
0: cuz we talk about acceptance a lot but actually what is what does that mean you, it's it's difficult to say we'll accept your your conflict you know that's that's quite a tall order yeah so begin with allow your conflict you know it's softer it's more yielding or your anger, or whatever it is, you know, or your numbness, you know, just begin, begin with allowing it, like allow it to be there, Mm. allow your. And
1: I feel like just that alone, just the allowing takes the edge off of the resistance that we constantly have in life. That's like the subtle layer. You almost don't even realize it's there, but to take a deep breath and just like, okay, this is here. This is what is right now. And then you can move. Totally.
0: Take something like anxiety or unease. You know, most of us, we dig a bit deeper inside ourselves. We have a lot of that, a lot right. of an, unease that's just there, residual. Right. We don't even know where it comes from. But when if you sit in a room and you close your eyes, you know, often you soon contact unease, right, or right. anxiety, right. and and so how do you, you know if you begin by just allowing it to be there, um, and you can even allow yourself to be just or to to want to change it or to hate it or to be angry or like oh make it I wish it would go away all those human feelings that's all part of the allowing that's all part of creating a a, a space around it the feeling mm. and a very generous space because then you're like just you're you're just Inviting it in for a cup of tea, as Ramdas once said, you know, his spiritual teacher, like invite them in for a cup of tea. You're, he says you invite your neuroses in for a cup yeah, of tea, and you yeah. sit down and you say, "Come on, let's just," you know. And this is things running around the room. He said, "Come and sit and have tea. It's yeah. over here." You know, the yeah. things going crazy. You're like, okay, you can go crazy. Mm. So that allowing is what gives the space for you to realize that you're human, and this is a human feeling, and yeah. that probably most other humans. That you've ever met have a very similar feeling, mm. even ones that look like they're really together. You know, yeah. um, it's all it's there, and then that allowing slowly starts to create a softness around the shadow, a gentleness, a holding. You know, a, a non. It doesn't ask anything. It's like a, it's like a really good whisperer. You know, working with a, a horse whisperer or something, mm-hmm. working with a, a, a wounded or traumatized animal you kind of let them bash about, run around. You know, you wait, you wait, you wait, you wait. You, you, you just wait until they come close and they start to trust you. And, first, and then they, they stop and they start to get curious and then maybe they approach you. And it might take hours or days, you know, for that to happen. And then slowly, slowly they start to trust you and in trusting you they start to trust themselves. And that's the same inside us. We start to trust that it's safe, even to feel the fear. You know, and that's a key. Like, f- even fear is safe. Mm. Even you know, any any feeling you feel is actually safe. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's that a huge breakthrough.
1: Yeah, the fact that you don't feel it is what
0: makes it unsafe. Well, even uh, even feeling unsafe is safe. Right. That I mean, that's the that's the feeling to get to.
1: Yeah, it feels like yeah. these different shadows, right? And you're speaking to allowing them it's like the subtle distinction of instead of feeling like you have these emotions, like I have anxiety. It's not that you let go of anxiety or that you stop having anxiety, but it's like anxiety stops having you yes. a little bit. It's a subtle distinction, yeah. but I think it's a really powerful one.
0: It's the first layer of dismantling a shadow pattern, you know, cause they're tight kind of little things, yeah. little, you know, little demons inside us and we disarm them by, with that level of acceptance, Mm -hmm. you know, and and then allowing does start to become acceptance. You know, it starts to transform and and you feel it shifting inside you. You actually feel it as a physical thing. Maybe you feel it as in a, I mean, you will feel it physically. You'll feel something changing. You might feel the inner structure of your body going through something. You might even have a healing crisis in some way, you know, something comes up and you, as you're letting go. Um, And it's a process. It takes time. You know, it takes some courage. It takes often some support of other people around you doing the similar work who understand it. I mean, Gene Keys offers a whole community of friends who are also doing the same work. And there's a lot of other people as well in similar Mm -hmm. things doing the same work. So, yeah, and then acceptance is where the transformation starts to really happen. Mm -hmm. And the third component, embrace, allow, accept, embrace. Embrace is when it kind of it moves right into the DNA. So you're allowing, becomes so deep your acceptance that it embraces, fully embraces the shadow. You know, it, it you, you actually might say, I no longer care if you stay or leave. Mm. I'm completely content with you to live here with me for the rest of my days, if you want to.
1: That's a powerful mantra or yeah. statement to yeah. say at home. If you're feeling something that is unpleasant say repeat literally what you just said yeah
0: I cl- compl- I mean it's a thing to get to yeah I'm completely content with this anxiety. you know if you want to stay with me for the rest of my life, I give up. it's mm. okay. you can. yeah you know I've, I'm safe, I know I'm safe, and so it, and I know this is just a feeling yeah you know? if you can have that level of trust yeah, then by the time you've got to that level, it's almost gone. yeah anyway because it starts to fall away at the pattern, whatever it is. And these are deep patterns in us. Trauma from our childhood might be something from, you know, ancestral, as you said, even from a past existence in some way, lodged in our DNA, something that we're holding onto in our lineage.
1: And what's beautiful about being human is that you have access to work with it without having to have the weight of the memory consciously of what it is, because that would be so overwhelming. (laughs) for the majority of people. It's almost like once you start having to not have anxiety, you need to have anxiety. Like you need to have it, allow it, accept it, embrace it. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah. beautifully put. And the
0: moment you've fully embraced it, it's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just, and it's bur- literally burned from your DNA. Yeah. It's like white hot. It's burned by the awareness, mm-hmm. by that love, that self-love. And it, and it really does go.
1: Um, and when you do that, yeah. you also heal the bloodline behind you and ahead of you. It's like we are what I think Young said: we are tasked with the unfinished work of our parents, yeah. and it's it's very real. It's like once we move through and transmute these things within ourselves, we start to see even the people. That are related to us and our kids, that becomes something that is no longer going to be an issue for them to yeah. some degree
0: that's a very mysterious mystical statement and i, I it's absolutely correct yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is we are connected in ways that we don't often realize that, oh. you know that kind of jumps across space you know and yeah. time yeah.
1: very much so, very much so amazing okay, so then moving into the gift right yeah. so obviously it's so important to to gain awareness of what our shadows are in order to gain access to the gift, right? So if you could speak to a little bit of the process, like internally in our day-to-day life, how do we become aware? We can obviously use the technology of the gene keys. We can also use our day-to-day life. How do we become aware of what our current shadows are so that we can actually work with it and then move through it? Like we said, purge it, excavate it, allow it, accept it, embrace it. And then you can move on to the gift. And then how does the gift kind of, can you speak to the energy in the, uh, the substance of the gift and mm. how that operates in our life?
0: Yeah, for me, the gift emerges as like a creative impulse. Mm. You know, so, um, so energy is released from the shadow from inside us. You know, potential energy becomes kinetic energy, but it starts to be released. So we, we, we have an increase in vitality you know, in our body and we feel that and it's, you know, if we follow it, then it wants to do something externally, wants to actually create something. So that can go in just about any, I mean, you you can go into anything in life, but you, so, but you start to, you know, you start to become a creative being and the same energy that was kind of throttling you starts to reward you. (laughs) Um, because the creative process, whatever form it takes, is incredibly rewarding, you know, and and it and it vivifies us, and it's often of service to others as well, or inspiration to others. So that again, the same thing that was blocking us then becomes a great gift to yourself and to those around you, whatever form it takes. It can take as a million different forms, and you follow it through your intuition. It, you you just follow it because it's the wisdom inside you. Mm-hmm. And the wisdom knows what it wants to do. And so it starts to speak to you from inside you. And you and you suddenly you just go, Well, I've got all this energy. I'm gonna go and do this. Because you feel that enthusiasm, you even start to feel optimism for the first time for some of us. You start to feel like, wow, this is the the the, you, you feel full of hope for even even when you look at the world and you think, yeah, but we have all this inside us. We can do anything. So you start to feel that you can do anything. Mm. Um, and you start to feel that anything is possible. And that feeling is what, you know, changes you. Yeah. And so the gift then starts to emerge and it's actually a genius. You know, every gift in the Gene Keys, every Gene Key contains a specific genius. You know, and and when you do the, you know, if you do the Gene Keys programs, they go quite deeply into what that genius looks like because you have every key, but every key also has nuances called lines. Mm. You know, anyone anyone who knows the I Ching will know that that they have six lines, and so there are nuances within one gift, six different nuances. Um, and so it could, you know, it depends on how it wants to manifest. It, it can manifest in lots of different ways. Um, and the so the the book and the programs and things give you keys that kind of inspire you perhaps to think ah oh, well i'm going to i'm going to put my gift into service mm. or i'm going to put my gift in, you know i'm going to let it i'm going to follow the vision out into the world or i'm going to um write a book or i'm going to you know whatever it right. is it's like it's 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 a different form inside us mm. wanting to come out so it's a very you know, for me, I guess the healing of my shadows part of it was writing the gene keys and creating the gene keys. That's been my process. Mm. Um, so for, for another person, it might be building a garden or it might be, you know, you know s- sailing across the ocean or yeah. it might be, you know, learning to windsurf or <laughs> right. who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always about some form of kind of service to yourself. And then probably towards others, but may not be direct service, yeah. but it will, you know, create inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very, you know, it's a, it's a lovely phase yeah. of, your, of, of our awakening. And I often think in the sort of journeys to awakening, um, particularly ones we've inherited from the East, is that they don't talk much about creativity. Mm. And I feel that creativity is an incredible part of awakening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. And I and, agree. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. It's, it's powerful. There's like so many fractals, so many different directions in which we could go in. Yeah. Um, I see it almost like when you describe it, the gift, it's like, cause it's such a thing that people struggle with finding what is my gift? What am I, what is my utility my purpose in this life? And, Almost like when you just do the shadow work and you start to, the gift kind of comes out of you, like springs out of you. It's not something you discovered. Boom, I got it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, no, this, this wants to come through me. And I feel like the gift and tell me, you know, your perspective as well is like, it'll come so naturally for you because it'll be a culmination of what you love to do and what you're good at. And also what the world needs it can be very fulfilling in that way of like a service and so could you give quick like rapid fire like a few different gift uh shadow gifts cities just so people can see the progression of a few different ones sure yeah
0: i mean you can pick one from the book yourself Why not? and then we have a bit of fun okay cool actually this might be a good
1: time to do this because and this is a little bit premature in the interview but i do want to go into a little bit of the collective after we go into the city um Something cool about the gene keys is you can also use it like a, like an oracle deck where you can set your intention, ask a question, be in the stillness of the moment, open it to a random page and see where your eyes land mm-hmm. and if it's, you know, some sort of values there. So I did that last night about this interview and something that we can talk about for The Collective. And I got the 39th gene key, mm-hmm. which is the tension of transcendence. Shadow, uh, is that provocation? Provocation. Provocation. Yeah. Gift is dy- uh, dynamism and city is liberation. Yeah,
0: yeah. So there you have, you know, the 39 is a very provocative energy, you know. So it, when you meet that in another person, they they provoke you. Yeah. And, you know, th- whether it's through their anxiety or through their behavior or through some, you know, it's a very pushy, provocative, provocative. Yeah. It, they can provoke you by pulling away, you know, it depends on which, you know, if they're introverted or extroverted, or they can provoke you by deliberately pushing at you. Right. And so whenever you when if you if you have that key, also it's going to be a theme in your life. It might be that you are provoked, you draw provocative relationships in you know that provoke you to because it's all trying to like wake something up inside you, yeah, and it's waking up that dynamism you know so often people with that key, you know particularly if you're looking through profiles um will have a lot of stuck energy yeah. you know and might be quite um you know, they might have problems in the in the physical body of, yeah. you know, inertia, for example, where they just find it hard to get going, and they kind of, you know, they've got blocked energy in yep. their system, and so life is trying to constantly provoke them to kind of unlock that shadow and really look at it. Yeah. Um, and so that's the, that you know we see that in a lot of different places in the world, but as it starts to awaken. It becomes this incredibly dynamic person. So a person that might have been very sluggish and a bit kind of lost yeah. and a bit sort of sedate can become a very, very active person, you mm. know, because that 39 is a very active energy. Mm. It wants to run, it wants to kind of leap, it wants to yeah. it wants to find something, you know. That's why in its shadow, it's very like, oh, I gotta provoke someone, you know. Yeah. And so it's just provokes someone and causes more conflict for itself. It. But when it's released its creative energy that dynamism becomes like incredibly good for the health um that's a person that might go into like the the sort of moving arts in some way you know Mm -hmm. or or sport or something that's just i need to move you know i need to like unblock something you know and that's what the city is the city is liberation and liberation is about being an expert more, not quite the word, a master of unblocking mm. other other things. So the so that the the enlightened energy in whatever you know, because that's just through right. one component. Right. It's that's all it does is uh, wherever it goes, it finds automatically something that's blocked and starts to pro- push it mm-hmm. in some way. And it may, you know, so it's light, right? That's what light does. So if you're around a, a very heightened teacher. Then the light in them starts to push you, even if, even with them sitting there doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. It starts to go inside you and it goes to work inside your DNA, and it starts to awaken and push you and make you feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. Because that's what the liberating energy does. It all it, in its infinite compassion, all at once, is to free other beings. Mm. You know, it's the Buddha energy or the Christ yeah. energy. So that's what's hidden in that key. Mm. <laughs> um. It's a, it's a very dynamic one. You can see yeah. with the, the words. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it's yeah. beautiful to see the other side of the coin in that way. Okay, we'll do another one real quick. 32nd yeah. Gene Key, I just went to. Ancestral reverence, the shadow of failure, the gift of preservation, and the city of veneration.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of a nice one in a way, but it's a little deeper of a chestnut mm-hmm. to crack. Okay, um, <laughs> Failure is like, you know, that part of us that's, that always wants to achieve something. Um, and it's that kind of, it, again, it can be either the fear of failure that drives us, or it can be the need to achieve right. at all cost. Right. You know, and we see that a lot in the world. You know? It's like
1: a dog chasing you or you chasing yeah. money or whatever the next exactly. nice thing is. Yeah.
0: So you see it in lots of ways, like that kind of energy of wanting to attain something because you think that that's going to make the pain go away, right? <laughs> so you so you spend your whole life trying to attain it, and then he, once you've attained it, the pain hasn't gone away. Mm-hmm. And even if you do attain it, or if you don't attain it, the pain doesn't go away. So you failed, mm-hmm. actually, and and so the whole game of failure and success is is kind of encoded in that key, in the shadow of that key, and and so the realization that starts to dawn in one who, who's sort of unlocks that gift, you know, of preservation <coughs> is that, um, that whole, you know, that whole journey towards success or failure is not going to change anything for you, you know? Um, so what it turns into as the urge to serve one's environment in some way by finding something worthwhile, and keeping it going, you know, and keeping it alive. And that key specifically is about finding something really worthwhile in the world that already exists and then helping it kind of carry on on its journey. And it might be like, for example, literally preserving an aspect of nature, of environment, or it might be something inside you that you want to kind of pass on. It's thinking outside of you know, it's thinking beyond failure or success. It's thinking of the future. It's thinking of the people of the future. So it starts to, th- you know, it's a part of us that's like really con- thinking about legacy. Mm-hmm. Like what can I really leave behind? Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the ultimate. Like what can I leave behind? What can I, you know, what will I've done when I died? Um, not, not what have I achieved in success or failure, but what, you know, what's, what have I really kept alive? Maybe it's just a value And maybe it's some values I put into, if I'm a school teacher, I put into those children or one child that got the value Mm. or my child, you know, like a mother who's just like, she spent her life giving all her highest exquisite values to to her children. That is like preservation, Mm. you know? And, and also, you know, keep, keeping what's really worth keeping. So part of the journey of that gift is what's essential and it ain't you know material wealth you know or getting to the top of the ladder right because none of those things are essential the things that are essential are like relationships love you know um cre- you know the creatures of the world the elements you know the things that really make us feel good mm. um so so that the journey of that gift is about that and you can see where the city's going with reverence right. it's going to like the reverence for everything in the chain of life, mm. the ongoing chain of life, from the ancestors mm. to the future ancestors,
1: because mm. you see, like the purpose yeah. that is that it is all served on on your journey as well—the yeah. failure and the preservation. Yeah. It's like the much, it's the wiser embodiment of yeah. it.
0: So you can see how every every jinky is, is 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 a really beautiful set of stories hidden inside. Yeah. it, you know, and you can look at people with those keys and you can see their life stories acted out It's it's really um, inspiring. Mm. So
1: beautiful. I just that, I mean, there's like so much to dive into once again, it's like, (laughs) there's so many places to go for that gene key specifically, like the growth from failure to reverence so much of our time and it's like the my it's the maya that we live in to there's this urge this forward plunging motion into samsaric seductiveness that is pulling you into achieving into being in the world and Mm. thinking that the answers to everything that we want is outside of ourselves and we have to go do these things and it's such it's such a relief for me, like at a younger age, thank God, like I've come to this understanding and continually, it's obviously still a journey, but you know, many people never get the chance to actually take a deep breath and find that stillness within themselves to know that it's not out there, that it's in here. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really beautiful to see the progression as well as the theme that I see through the shadow, the gift in the city is like in the, in the shadow, it's the perspective is almost like life is happening to me. And then the gift is like, life is happening for me. Mm -hmm. And then the city is life is happening through me or as Mm -hmm. me. And it's a beautiful, it's it's a beautiful perspective shift. And I, uh, yeah, I just resonate with everything that, that we're talking about so deeply.
0: Well, yeah. And I coined a phrase, um, earlier in the year when I was teaching about prosperity and, and I, and it was, um, prosperity without success, you know, You can attain how can you attain prosperity without success? It was kind of deliberately provocative. Yeah. You know, to make well, what's wrong with success? (laughs) You know. Yeah. Um, or people think prosperity is success. Exactly. Or they think that the only way to prosper is to succeed in something. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, it it helps you kind of look at prosperity as a state of consciousness rather than something to achieve. You know, because things that we achieve, they come and go. Whereas a state of consciousness is who you are, yeah. you know, it's it's your being. Same with purpose. You know, purpose is a state of being rather than something we're here to achieve. I'm here to achieve this purpose. I am this purpose. That's a lot. That's a lot more. I can get. I can get my head around that. I can be like, wow, that sounds really good. That means that whatever I do or don't do, I still fulfill my purpose because mm. I am my purpose. That's so beautiful. Yeah. So you can't go wrong. Yeah. And that's just like, yeah. if
1: you're listening to this right now, just to take a deep breath and to, re- and to sit with that. The art of contemplation, like you you've described kind of on the path of enlightenment and awakening, you have the three different kind of vehicles of meditation, of concentration, and of contemplation. And to even just sit with what you just said about you being the purpose in your life. We live in a go-getter system where people are really viewed as dollar signs for a greater system and all the different industries that we're plugged into and to unplug yourself and realize that, oh, I don't need anything else externally to complete me. I don't even need to find my quote unquote purpose. My beingness is my purpose unto itself. That is such a liberating thing to contemplate on.
0: It is. It also doesn't mean that you can't succeed in something um, or shouldn't. But it means that your input the impetus is coming from a different place. So it doesn't matter if you succeed or not. Right. To you, because right. you've realized that, you know, your life is contemplation, that beautiful contemplation right. is is a space in which we can, you know, we find ourselves. We clear yeah. a space for ourselves. You know, that's what contemplation is. It's about making pauses. And, I, I, you know, I want to mention my little book um, because yes. it's so overlooked. It is, I said it to you earlier, is, yeah. you know, the Gene Keys is this huge, big, thick tome. It's for deep end people who yeah. like just to jump in the deep end. But I then went and wrote a, a short book under 100 pages um, of where I distilled the Gene Keys message, mm. but without using any Gene Keys terminology, just very simple, practical wisdom on here's the technique that's at the core of this. Yeah. And I call it the art of contemplation. And um, it's really, it's this little Zen shards of wisdom and it gives you something to do, actually. And and so contemplation has these three levels to it, like everything I do has mm-hmm. three levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one is actually the only one you need to know because the other two just, if you get the first one right, the other two just happen on their own. Mm. But the first one is called pausing, you know? So I'll talk about that in a second. And the second one's called pivoting, and the third one's called merging. Mm. And the, and again, it describes the transformational process. And pausing is about, in our everyday life, just finding moments of pause. Now, a pause can be, you know, a breath, you know, where we just we just do that. That's a perfect pause, right? Or a pause can be you reach a red light, you know, and instead of feeling nervous of like you're waiting to get to the green light, you just go oh a red light that's a that's a pause the universe has just gifted me i'm going to enjoy it <laughs> i love like, that you know i'm like i know i've had taxi drivers ring me up and say thank you you've changed my life <laughs> <Wow. laughs> cuz you know a red light can be a gift mm. and 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 it's a metaphor of course right. cuz everything that seems to slow us down we kind of take as a negative often Yeah. instead of saying oh wow that's the universe saying take a pause mm. cuz you know what pauses in in pauses transformation happens that's what pivot means the pivot it, you know if if you if in a day you manage to have 20 pauses then in one of those pauses a pivot might happen pivots you can't predict a pivot is when um we see something about our nature that we weren't seeing otherwise and you can only see that in a pause if you're too busy spinning and your day is just full of dealing with lists and you get to the end of it and you've had no pauses, there's no transformation in that day, mm-hmm. you know, until you stop. So if you train yourself to harvest pauses in your day of different lengths, you know, and you you soon begin to realize that they're very pleasant <laughs> and actually begin to rely on them and look forward to them. Mm. You know, I've got a simple app coming out soon that's, um, every three hours you pause for three minutes mm-hmm. on the threes of the clock, three, six, nine, twelve. 12, you know, that's it, three minutes. And, you, and there's a little app that just bings you and gives you yeah. that moment. And and pausing doesn't mean you have to stop. Mm-hmm. You can be pausing, but also in movement. Right. You can find the stillness in yeah. exercise or whatever you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. And you can find it everywhere. And, but the more you kind of take those pauses, the more you create the space to see something about your own nature. Maybe you see, you begin to undermine your anxiety. You begin to change a pattern that's an addiction, you know, something that's driving you. You might be addicted to work, for example. You just work, 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 spin, 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 phone call, phone call, phone call, email, email, you know, all of that. And these pauses just give you like moments of grace where you're like, what the hell am I doing? (laughs) You know? Uh, And if you didn't have that pause, you wouldn't ask that question. Yeah. I'm tired. Mm. This is, I'm not enjoying this. Mm. I need to change this. You know, that can be a pivot, the beginning of a pivot. I need to change this. This is not working for me. Look at me. I'm out of breath. And, and you don't even have to do a technique. I mean, you can, there's there's lots of techniques you can do. Um, You can stretch, you can do yoga, you can do meditation, Mm -hmm. you can do a chant, you can do anything. But, a pause is a pause where yeah. you create a, a gap. And in those gaps, magic happens. So you gotta make the gaps. And it's of a discipline. But if you do it repeatedly over a period of days and weeks and months, your whole life changes because you start having these pivotal experiences, breakthroughs, where transformation happens in you. And the and and the dismantling of the shadow. Is what's happening, but mm. it's happening only because you're creating pauses. So actually, yeah. you don't need anything else. Mm-hmm. You only need to create pauses. That's mm. it. You don't need to do any technique in them. Yeah. You, you just that, that. I mean, that's the simplest truth I can give. I'm, I'm, I'm. There are many people who have come before me who've given the same truth. Yeah. You know, it changes the structure of our day. Yeah, and I mean, there's magic in it. Like a day filled with pauses is a day with more time in it. Mm. it sounds weird because yeah. you're stopping doing stuff more. Right. But actually you're pumping time yeah. into that day. So suddenly you've got a you've got more room in the day to breathe. So you probably have less breaths yeah. in that day because you're pausing. And if you have less breaths you're going to live longer. <laughs> you're going to be healthier.
1: Everything's better. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So pauses is all about breathing, but you don't even have to do a breath technique. You only have to pause Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's a discipline. And then the final stage is merge and merge is what happens when several pivoting experiences have taken place. So every time you experience one of those breakthroughs in, in your shadow pattern and it transforms into that gift, then it finally when the city part, when, the, when it kind of fe- finds its final flourishing, final let go of the pattern from your, your whole being, from your DNA that I described earlier, mm-hmm. you experience merging. And merging is when you begin to merge with the field, a little, a little bit more of you merges with the field. The field is made of light. The field is wisdom. The field is intelligence. The field is love. The field is the divine, whatever you want to call it. Yeah but there's more of you that's let go so there's more of you that's merged yeah and merging doesn't mean you lose yourself mm. but it means you surrender yourself mm. into the whole mm. and you actually get more of yourself back in some way yeah so that you know those three steps pause pivot merge the kind of, you know that little book on contemplation i describe i unpack them a bit and it kind of so it's a, it's a really you know if you're not sure about any of this, it's a really good book to get. It's mm. very cheap. It's on Amazon. Amazing. It'll take you less than a day to finish it. And I think it's an awesome book. I'm very, you know, I'm more proud of that than my Gene Q's book. Wow. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah, um, I'm so excited. Yeah, so anyway. I'm so,
1: so excited to dive into that. Yeah. And for whoever's listening, I'm sure a lot of this has resonated yeah. with you. That sounds like a great place to start.
0: It is a great place to start. It's yeah. putting your toe in. It, it doesn't take much. Yeah. It's not, it, it's not, it right. doesn't take a lot of, you know,
1: Yeah, most people working would, out. Most people would run away just at the sight, the, the girth of this thing. Only the, only the
0: crazy deep divers yes. like that. Yeah, I fit into I that know. category. Yeah. Most don't though. I know, probably a lot of your listeners do as well. Oh uh, yeah. For yeah. Sure. <laughs>
1: uh, amazing. So again, let's uh, just to kind of cap this part. Let's talk about the city a little bit um, because... What you were talking about with the gift, and again, I like I like the threes. So much of life comes into these threes, and it feels like another framework, I guess, of threes. You could say is there's a saying I don't know if you've heard the that a fool never learns from his experiences, a smart man will learn from his experiences, and a wise man will learn from other people's experiences. And it sounds like these acidic states, right? These are like the wisdom energies that you can have within yourself. Where you do, if you are able to harness, you can, you learn and you see the pitfalls before they come. You learn how to navigate. You become a more proficient and skilled sailor of this experience of life. And so, how would you describe what exactly a city is? I know we touched about, you know, the the Sanskrit origins of it a little bit. Do you have an example of figures in the past who have embodied an energy of a certain city? Uh, and what does that look like? Cause it does feel very pretty eth- ethereal in this kind of far off thing for most people, because frankly it is for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, um, there are plenty of good examples of, of people even who are alive today who, yeah. um, can can live inside those states for most of us we have we will get flashes of them you know and as we approach our full awakening um we'll the flashes will come quicker and will and longer yeah. you know because they're preparing us to live in that state one day and that's a that's a big journey um but you know someone like Ramana Maharshi yeah. for an example you know a great teacher from the last century who you know, sat in his silence and people would visit his ashram with all these questions and things. And they'd been there for a few hours, all the questions just melt away, even though he's not said anything. Because the emanation of that that field of light, unbroken field of light, just kind of through osmosis yeah. begins to settle, you, settle one. But there are, you know, the, when you look into the cities, you sit in the gene keys, the 64 of them, you see that they're they're different expressions of the same state. Mm-hmm. So some of them are very soft and yielding and feminine, and they have that feeling like Ramana, where you could just kind of melt in his presence, yeah. and you're like, oh my god. You just have to look at a picture of him, and you're like, oh my god, I'm just gonna melt in the tenderness of those eyes, you know. <laughs> and and then other ones are like fierce and kind of, yeah. you know, uh, it, good Jeff or some of the you know these kind of. More like crazy teachers, yeah. Um, you know who will just nail you with all kinds of trickster energy. Yeah, you know? um, dismantle your ego in all yeah. the uncomfortable ways. Osho is another great one. Osho yeah. Sadhguru definitely has elements yeah. of that. Yeah, trickster, trickstery energy. Um, And there are lots of different you know layers to the city, but it's the same energy in in its experience. The person inside the city is the same is experiencing the same thing, yeah. identical, but yeah. it's it has a slight different genetic variation, you know? So the expression is right. slightly different right. depending on which key. And this is caused that, you know, when I first, you know, kind of intuited all this, the 64 cities, and I was like, I Googled the 64 cities, and I actually discovered that there is a tradition called the 64 cities. So I was oh, like, really? I didn't <laughs> wow. know that, you know? And um, I was like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> that was definitely the right term. But then the ancients called you know called them cities. Um, I make sure people understand. I'm saying yeah. S-I-D-D-H-I. Not, not <laughs> right. um, yeah. Yeah, Siddhi. Yeah, S I D D H I. City. Right. Siddhi. Yeah, S I D D H I. Yeah. They you know they always saw them as um, traps because they're like superpowers. Right. Um, that you can attain at right. higher states of consciousness. You know, like the ability to. Manifest things out of thin air, right? Levitate, exactly. uh,
1: Heat things up with your hands. These things that seem like spiritual superpowers, exactly. Yeah, uh, which I think very much so do exist. Yeah, Yeah, most people would be like, whatever. But yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, in a way, it it, it's another. It's it's a really important aspect of these teachings that when I said they were a tamer at the beginning, they're here for this time. Mm. They're here for these times. And it's really important that they're they're preparing us for a leap in consciousness as a species that we're approaching. And that leap in consciousness involves us accepting the boundlessness of our true nature. And that's tough for materialistic science-based logical left brain, strategic creatures, which is what we've become. Mm. Yeah. and, And so, 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 you have the first place to go is open to the open your mind to the possibility that anything is possible. If you can get there, yeah. then you're ready to explore these cities. If you can't get there, then you're not ready. You know, you, at some point maybe you will be. So you, you have to begin with that, like allow the concept that anything is possible. And then deepen that even a bit more as you explore these cities. And and when you read about them in the Jinkies, they do actually describe, like some of them, superpowers (laughs) that exist inside human DNA imprinted. They're our future body, if you like, as a whole. And we've had, it's like, if you look in history, we've had um, early spring bulbs that popped up, who've manifested them before the time has come when we're going to experience them more globally um but the message of the gene keys it has a prophecy woven into it um the 55th gene key particularly um where that prophecy is it it talks about this time that we're in now and the preparation for this change and this shift in into higher consciousness Mm. into these these higher kind of manifestations of transcendent reality yeah um
1: but does it talk about like how it's going to get uglier before (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: definitely it does i mean that's what it's going to take i think Um, because it's
1: like in a world full of so much materialist scientism it's like you almost have to take it to the end to see that it doesn't it doesn't work Mm. in the way that like to to figure out And I would love to talk about the ways in science and spirituality merge and and Mm. and going to merge, but yeah, in a world full of so much left brain way of viewing things logically, it's it's going to be much harder, and we're going to have to really see the the devastation of what that brings before I feel like we all right, this isn't working. Let's try something else. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's a it's I think you're right. It's a hard thing for people to stomach that. Um, But if in in systems theory, for example, when you look at how systems transform themselves across nature. Yeah. Um, the biggest shifts in 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 any in any system or in any creature or animal or a- organism usually occur suddenly because of intense trauma. Mm. Um, the, of some form of intense trauma that's taken place that then pushes the system to mutate. Right. You know, and, and we're a system. Yeah. You know? And our whole planet is a system. Yeah. And in order for it to mutate at every level to the next transcendent possibility, it may well need a, a complete traumatized kind of state in order to manifest that. I mean, it, it sounds like, oh, well, couldn't we do it in a nice way? It's like, oh, can't we just make it all nice and sweet? Yeah. And actually, I you know, part of the jinkies Keys and the teaching, and me as a slight prophet of the jinkies, I'm a little bit reluctant to go there, but I am a bit more nowadays. Yeah. Saying actually, I think it is gonna take that. Yeah. Um, so really we're here to prepare for that and to show people that actually it's not something to be afraid of. It's right. actually it's going exactly where it's meant to go, which is the city understanding anyway. Like yeah. everything is absolutely perfect, even though it's horrible and imperfect. Yeah. Um, and we should do everything we can to stop it. That's sure. actually true. <laughs> but underneath that is it's still perfect, even right. if we can't stop it. We we still can try and, yeah. like, improve things. Yeah. And that's part of our nature. Um, and that's natural for us, especially through the gift. Yeah. The gift that's emerging wants to be of service and help life. And so that's, even even if it's futile, you know, it still will give to the, like, the, the violinists on the Titanic, you know. <laughs> It'll be like... Even if we know it's going down, we're still going to play beautiful music because that's what we're best at. That's what we're good at. Mm. What what else is there to do? Right. (laughs) Right. So I think that that's a lot of the stage that we're Mm. moving into. And yeah, yeah, it will take a big... A big breakthrough that's coming. <clears throat> yeah. I feel. Generations. Like yeah.
1: you're, you're so spot on. And if we just look historically like we've needed these collective traumatic experiences to become better as a species. That's literally like the definition of the human race from all the challenges that we've gone through. And so, yeah, it certainly feels like we are going to need, a, unfortunately, a much bigger. Cataclysmic traumatic experience for the collective that is much bigger on the scale of what we even thought like COVID was. Yeah. You know, and it's this process of the cliche as it is, the, the caterpillar going into the cocoon. Yeah. And how unpleasant that might feel. And it feels like a death, it's going to. And then on the other side, hopefully we make it out as a beautiful butterfly. But it's, you know, how, how And why I love this podcast and this platform and the medium of podcasting and the age that we live in is because we live in a time unlike any other where we can actually spread messages like these of consciousness to the other side of the globe to ease this transition process. Otherwise, it would be extremely ugly like it has been in the past where we haven't been as interconnected as we have now with the internet and technology. So it's like, okay, wow. With that realization, we we have an amazing opportunity here. We just can't blunder it because if we don't, Realize this blessing that we have; it'll turn into our curse, and it yeah. will be ugly.
0: Yeah, my my kind of my job really now is is that I, I'm kind of here to help um, big wave surfers to prepare for the waves that are coming. I love that. And, and in a way, you know, like when the when the when it when the surf gets that big, it doesn't happen very often, and there, and and there are only specialized beings that come in to deal with such time. Right. So everyone that's here now today is at some level a big wave surfer. You know, they're here to, you know, they have the skills specifically to get through this transition, right? whatever form it takes, yeah. you know. And so, yeah. And we need to I'm, really highlight
1: those individuals too, because yeah. the leadership on the level of the planet right now is yeah. pretty damn atrocious yeah. if we're just being honest and being light with it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if we can really honorate, venerate these individuals who are uh, skilled surfers in the times that we need them to be, it's really important to highlight them, put the cameras on them, let them speak because we are in desperate need of, yeah. of true leadership in this
0: time. I, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. And I mean, it just even recently flying over here to the U.S. from the U.K., and I haven't flown for a long time because um, of COVID and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and, and then realizing how no one is no one is doing there's no change really happening you know the the planes are as busy as they've ever been the airports everything everyone's just carrying on as normal um in fact probably even ramping up um our behavior and and so you know we and, and i'm part of that you know yeah. I, i'm i you know it's hard to not include yourself right. in that but it's like we we haven't learned we're not, doesn't look like we're going to learn in time until we've engineered a crisis, you know, and that's how we're going to kind of make a transition. And yeah, it might be pretty ugly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <sighs> well, I appreciate you, the work that you're doing and the work that many brilliant bright beings are doing on this planet. Uh, definitely help those that are looking for answers that are searching to to have a place at home that can really be supportive to them. Yeah. That's what text and technologies like the gene keys is doing. It's what many different individuals and systems are doing right now. And so the more that we can have those, the better. So yeah. uh, without taking too much time, we've been, I've just been getting sucked into this portal. It's been yeah. so good. Yeah. So thank you so much for this time. One last question.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What does it mean to you to truly know thyself?
0: It's one of those questions that I, Silence is a good response. Mm. (laughs) So yeah, I think I'm just going to let it rest there. Mm.
1: Beautiful. (laughs) I plan on asking that question to many people on the podcast and uh, I'll accept silence as your answer. That's beautiful.
0: (laughs) I've said too much already.
1: We've said a lot about what the nature of self is, how to attain. uh, And uh, thank you so much. I think that, just FYI, for those that are tuning in, this is actually the first episode I've recorded in the studio. Beautiful. So yeah, it's, it's such an amazing way to christen in the space. This won't be the first episode released, but it's been such an honor to have you christen this in with me. And uh, yeah, yeah, thank you so much thank for you. the wisdom that you shared. I really enjoyed this conversation. For those that have been tuning in, please let us know your thoughts. Share this on social media. Um on on Instagram, if we, you know, we'll share clips on YouTube, on Apple and Spotify, let us know what your thoughts are and share it with people that you feel like might find this valuable. I think that there's a lot of insight that can be really supportive on people's spiritual path. And also check out the Gene Keys, check out the Art of Contemplation, which is a much smaller, more digestible version um, of the wisdom that has come through Richard. And is there anything else that you would like to share?
0: Just, yeah, the books are on Amazon, genekeys.com is is your place of beginning the journey yeah. and uh, you'd be very warmly welcomed and um we're a global community we've got we speak we kind of speak many languages and um you, you warmly welcome everyone mm, to come easy. and play with us
1: yes 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 i will join you there as well uh, is there anywhere people can find you specifically? Is it you like putting people towards the Gene Keys or do you have your own your own socials that you like? Um,
0: no, okay. the only place that I kind of enjoy playing is on Clubhouse. If anyone goes to Clubhouse, in, in, Clubhouse is a social media app, audio-only app. Um, it's really nice. Um, and I have a community there, a big community. And Gene Keys, in the Gene Keys Club, it's you know easy to join. You come and we talk and I can... I can meet you, you know, I, yeah. I, that's why I love it. It's intimate. Mm. You can meet people face to face, although you don't see their faces, voice to voice like this. Right. Um, and so it's a really nice place to come and just, if you want to come and ask a question or say hello or share something, mm. um, it, you know, that's what yeah. we do. So I'm there on Fridays and there's lots of other people talking also in the Gene Keys Club about all kinds of things. So, mm. Yeah. Nice place to, to come and, Say hello.
1: Sounds like an amazing opportunity. I would definitely take him up on that offer. I just want to share one quick reflection, which is, it's been really nice in this like hour, hour and a half to get to know you. I've sat with, you know, a few different spiritual leaders. I've sat with many individuals, the wisdom that you hold, um, in this elevated place, but also in this grounded place, uh, is extremely amazing. Like the gentleness of your spirit and how patient you are. And it's, uh, yeah it's it's really awesome to get to know you and thank you so much for what you're doing thanks andre it's a Mm -hmm.
0: pleasure to meet you too thank you so much
1: and thank you to all those that are tuning into this episode we deeply appreciate you and we will catch you on the next one